Good morning, everybody. Um, first of all, I would like to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, it is uh, one of the hardest jobs I've ever had, but it's also one of the coolest and most rewarding jobs I've ever had. And hopefully that will be the thing that I'll be remembered for. Um, although I do have so many other things I could be remembered for, but maybe that would be the one thing positive that I could be remembered for. So um, when I was a kid, we had MYF, which was STIR, just not with a cool name. Um, and on Tuesday nights in the summer, we went to the movies. Um, well, actually, it was Tuesday night fun night. We would all hop in the van and drive to Valosta because, as many of you know, there's nothing fun to do in Adel, Georgia. Um, <laughs> so we would head to Valosta, and we would uh, sometimes go play putt-putt or sometimes go bowling or sometimes go skating. Uh, but most of the time we went to the movies, um, and I saw some really great movies because of this. Um, I saw Star Trek II, Star Trek III, I saw Rocky III, I saw uh, The Goonies, I saw Ghostbusters, I saw uh, just so many great movies because of this. Um, one of the most memorable movies I saw uh, was actually, I don't remember what movie we paid to see, but I remember we paid to see the movie, went to the movie, and as the trailers came in, some of us snuck into the next theater and watched Friday the 13th, part six. Now, <laughs> I don't know, a church trip, maybe not the most appropriate movie, but we repented later. Uh, <laughs> but one of the best movies I saw was Back to the Future. Um, I saw Back to the Future on that church trip. The next Tuesday, we went back to the movies. And I saw Back to the Future again, and then I asked my mom and dad to take me to see Back to the Future. And then I think I went to go see Back to the Future with a friend of mine. I have seen Back to the Future so many times that it is pathetic. Um, to the point where I could, I say the words back on the screen, which my wife physically hit me the other night, because apparently that's annoying. Um, but as I watch Back to the Future, um, oh, and by the way, Back to the Future is a Methodist movie. The Enchantment Under the Sea dance was filmed at Hollywood United Methodist Church's social hall. Uh, because, probably because the social hall in 1985 probably had not changed since 1955. Um, and to all my conservative friends out there that are going, what? Hollywood's got a church? Yes, they do, and it is a United Methodist Church. Um, but as I uh, was preparing this message, I really realized how much of a Father's Day movie this is, because this movie talks a lot about being a dad and a lot about being there for your kids. Um, the movie is about Marty McFly. Marty is uh, the son of George and Lorraine McFly. And as we see in the beginning of the movie, their household is not a, you would say it's a dysfunctional household. Um, Lorraine drinks a lot. You can tell she's probably not in love with George. Uh, there's just a lot of conflict going on in the household. George is a very weak individual, not a strong individual by any means, no self-esteem. Um, he gets, basically treated as a step, stepping mat by just about everybody in town. Um, and he, in the process of raising his son, 
and being there for his son has instilled a lot of this no self-esteem, very low opinion of himself into his son just by the way that he has brought him up. In this clip, we see that um, it's, the first, it's after Marty has tried out for the Battle of the Bands and we see his reaction to not being picked. For music. But you're good, Marty. You're really good. And this audition tape of yours is great. You've got to send it into the record company. It's like Doc. Yeah, I know, saying. I know. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. That's good advice, Marty. All right, okay, Jennifer. What what if I send in the tape and they don't like it? I mean, what if they say I'm no good? What if they say, get out of here, kid? You got no future. I mean, I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Jesus, I'm starting to sound like my old man. Come on, he's not that bad. Oh, At least he's letting you borrow the car tomorrow night. Check out that four by four. That is hot. So we see in that clip that Marty um, has no really support, no self-esteem. He doesn't think he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And as he says, you know, I, I sound like my old man, I sound like my dad, because my dad is the same way, and my dad has instilled this in me. He has, he has came up beside me and really gave me nothing. Um, but one thing you did catch in that clip was he says, when Jennifer says what Doc says, Doc Brown is this eccentric scientist in town that has came up beside Marty and has taken him under his wing and has spoken words of encouragement and words of praise and just really just stepped into his life and tried to make him a better person. And that relationship that Doc has with Marty is a lot of what, he's more like a second father figure to him. And he is uh, just really helping build him up. Um, as the movie progresses, uh, they go to, Marty meets Doc at Twin Pines Mall um, and through a series of accidents, after being chased by Libyan terrorists, you really got to see the movie to understand that, uh, he travels into the past, 30 years, to 1955. Now, for everyone in this audience that originally saw Back to the Future in, this, in the theater, I'm fixing to make you feel really old. Um, if Back to the Future was filmed today and they go back 30 years, they go back to 1985 the year the movie originally came out. You're welcome. Uh, so they go back to 1955, and there's this one particular incident where Lorraine and George meet and fall in love, leads to marriage, leads to kids. Marty, not knowingly, interferes with that moment and prevents his mom and dad from meeting, falling in love, eventually getting married, eventually having kids. So Marty meets back up with Doc in 1955. They have two things they have to accomplish. They have to get Marty back to the future, and they have to get his mom and dad to meet, fall in love, so that Marty will actually exist in the future. So already in 1955, though, we see that Doc is playing this role of an encourager, of someone who mentors Marty, who, who builds him up instead of tears him down. And 
In this scene, we meet George's dad, I mean Marty's dad, George, for the first time in high school, and we see kind of where this probably started. So. Okay, you guys. <laughs> Very funny. You guys are being real mature. Maybe we were adopted. <laughs> okay, real mature, guys. Jesus, didn't that guy ever have hair? Shape up, man. You're a slacker. Do you want to be a slacker for the rest of your life? Oh. What did your mother ever see in that kid? I don't know, Doc. I don't know. I guess she felt sorry for him because her dad hit him with the car. Hit me with the car. That's the Florence Nightingale effect. It happens in hospitals when nurses fall in love with their patients. Go to it, kid. Now, as you saw in that scene, everybody treats George badly. Even the high school principal takes him to the side and says, you're a slacker. Nobody speaks words of encouragement to this guy. Nobody builds him up. You know, in the movie, we meet Lorraine's parents, and we, don't, we never meet George's parents. But I can guarantee you that if we did, we would find a household that is more tearing down than building up. We would find a household where nobody's encouraged, where nobody is told good job, where nobody is told you're doing good. And Marty, I mean, George is like that now. George is no self-esteem. But even in 1955, at the end of that clip where Doc, where Doc Brown goes, go ahead, kid, go do it. He's encouraging Marty. He's, he's feeding him words of encouragement. He's, he's showing him that he can do this. In this scene, we see where Marty has taken George aside and is trying to convince him that he needs to ask Lorraine out for the dance. What are you writing? Uh, stories. Science fiction stories about uh, visitors coming down to Earth from other planets. Get out of town. I didn't know you did anything creative. Uh, let me read some. Oh, no, 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 no. I never, I never let anybody read my stories. Why not? Well, what if they didn't like them? What if they told me I was no good? I guess that would be pretty hard for somebody to understand. Uh, no. No, not hard at all. So anyway, George, about Lorraine. She really likes you. She told me to tell you that she wants you to ask her to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Really? Oh, yeah. All you gotta do is go over there and ask her. What, right here, right now in the cafeteria? What if she said no? I don't know if I could take that kind of a rejection. Besides, I think she'd rather go with somebody else. Ah, uh, who? Beth. So we see basically a carbon copy of Marty and George, the way they act, the way they perceive reality, the way they think about themselves. Um, but we also see where in this clip, Marty is taking on the Doc Brown role. 
Marty is coming alongside George and trying to encourage him and trying to build him up and trying to get him to the point where he's strong enough to ask Lorraine out for the, to the dance. Um, as I started thinking about this movie and started thinking about all the themes and this theme about encouragement and building up, it really struck me that this is a Christian concept, that this is what we as followers of Christ are really here to do to one another, to come alongside each other and speak words of encouragement and love each other and be kind to each other and build each other up so that we can go out and share the gospel with others and we don't feel that that feeling that, oh, what if I get rejected? What if someone says, you know, get away from me? What if someone says you're weird? Um, that we are strong enough Christians to do that. Um, the first Bible verse I want to look at, thank you, Ben House, for calling me during that. Next time I'll answer the phone. Um, is Romans 2.4. And it says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Can't you see that his kindness is intended? Doesn't say, can't you see that his wrath is intended? Doesn't say God, that his fear is intended? Doesn't say that his that his mighty power is intended to turn you from sin it says his kindness is intended to turn you from sin it is showing us that we are to be uh, examples of God on earth on Christ on earth and to be kind to one another and to build people up you know if, if any of you have ever been in a congregation in a church service where someone said do you know right now if you're going to heaven or hell because you need to make that decision right now I apologize for that because that's using fear to try to turn you from your sin. And that's not how we're supposed to do this. This is supposed to be through kindness that we're supposed to do this. That we're supposed to be loving people, loving people into the kingdom. Um, the next verse is from Romans. It says, love, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I mean, read the words of that. It, it says, love, hate what is evil. Devote your, to one another in love. Devote yourself to one another in love. Help Christians who are in need. Be hospitable to each other. Encourage each other. Love each other. It's all through this book. It's all through the Bible. It's all how Christ taught us to be with one another. Um, in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In a different translation, it says, let us consider how we may spur 
one another on in love. Spur one another in love. Encourage each other. Be there. Come alongside people and help them. I started thinking about this, and I said this was a Father's Day movie, and it is a great Father's Day movie because it shows how we fathers need to be with our kids, our wives, everyone in our lives. Um, I think of my dad, and my dad was a very loving father. My dad taught me how to love. My dad taught me how to treat their, his kids and how to hold their kids up. I'm, I remember that people even after his, after his death would come up to us and say that you and your brother were the apple of your dad's eye. And, it, and I, I have so much respect and so much love for my father, the way he treated me and my brother, and really showed us that we can accomplish anything that we put our minds to. Um, I think about the time that I went to treatment for drugs. And as I was sitting in the, in the, the lobby, broken, uh, tore down, with no hope, just despair, I was told who my main counselor was going to be. And as I was sitting there waiting to be processed in, this counselor came to me and shook my hand and said, you must be Joed. Glad to have you here. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And for the next four months, he came up beside me and he, and he, he hugged me and he loved on me and he showed me that it is going to be okay, that I can be somebody, that I don't have to be this drug addict that the world has probably deemed me to be. I think about my men's uh, Bible study that meets on six, at 6.30 on Wednesdays. We are the most diverse group of people that you probably will ever imagine. And we get into some discussions that probably we should not be getting into. But the simple truth is that at the end of the day, at the end of that Bible study, we love each other, we encourage each other, we tell each other that, you know, that you can do things and we're there for each other. Um, as I sit right now and look at these, this, these youth, I think of Justin and Allison. And I think of them coming up alongside these youth and, and just pouring themselves into them and just loving them and building them up and letting them know that God loves them and Christ loves them. I remember we had grad uh, Sunday and I remember we were, one of the youth said that Justin was like his second father. And that's huge. That's, that, that's the way that we are supposed to do things. That's the way Christ wants us to be, to come alongside each other and to encourage each other. Um, there's also some examples of this that go the other way. Um, about two weeks ago, I got contacted by somebody on Facebook with words that probably he meant to help me. But the way they were worded were very hateful, very condescending, and instead of helping me, it tore me down. And it took me a while of processing this, and, and I, thought, I thought to myself, you know, if I was a young Christian hearing these words, what would I think about Christianity? What would I think about people being Christian? And it was like, it, it probably would turn me away. But thank God I have some strong Christian friends in my life that, 
that I could communicate with and that could, ter- that could say, no, don't worry about that, that's not true. Well, some of it's true, but uh, you just need to, you know, they were loving, they were kind, they built me up instead of tearing me down. I got into a discussion with a guy on Twitter. Now, I'm not normally on Twitter, um, but my bio on Twitter says that I am a Christian, not the judgmental kind, because that is associated with Christianity, and I didn't want to be associated like that. But he, he took offense at that, because he said that that's not true, that all Christians are judgmental. And I said, no, there are some of us that aren't. There's some of us that love one another and want to see each other get do well and want to see each other led to Christ. And he ultimately made a big show that he blocked me, even though he's the one that started the conversation. And I really wasn't even following him to begin with. So, um, but he, was, he made the, uh, the thing that he, I'm blocking you and, you know, all Christians are judgmental. Um, but it was so sad to me to think that nobody came alongside this person in all his years on earth and spoke Christ to him. Nobody came alongside him and spoke love. Nobody came alongside him and spoke encouragement. Nobody came alongside of him and spoke the way that we're supposed to be. And that has led him to the point where he believes that Christians are bad people. And so instead of feeling mad, I felt really sad. And I prayed for this for someone, anyone, to come alongside this person and to show them what real, true Christianity is. I think that that is the goal, and that's what Christ wants for all of us. Christ wants us to come along people and be there and support. I think of all of you guys that are going to college. You know, you have an opportunity to go to college and do what Justin did to you to other people. I think about all of us as we leave here today and we go out to our lives, we go back to work, we go to the, to get gas how we can share Christ. Maybe not with words, but with our actions, our deeds, the way we live. Getting back to the movie, um, at the very end of the movie, there's a scene where George, the future has now been changed because George and Lorraine did not meet the way they were supposed to have met. Um, Marty goes back to Lone Pine Mall Remember, he left from Twin Pine Mall, but he's coming back to Lone Pine Mall because he ran over a pine tree when he went to the pass. So he's gone back, and he is, yes, I'm a huge geek that I, that I realize these things, and I look at these things, and I realize these things. But um, this is a scene where George's parents, he wakes up the next morning, meets his new parents, and this is one of the scenes. First novel. Like I've always told you, you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Oh, Marty! Marty, here's your keys. You're all waxed up, ready for tonight. Keys? Because of the short amount of time 
that Marty spent in 1955 building his dad up, encouraging him, making sure that he was strong enough to do what he needed to do, George's life changed, completely changed. And now you can see that George is saying the words of Doc Brown. So it's gone from Doc Brown to Marty, Marty to George, and now George is now back being the dad to Marty that he needed to be, building him up, encouraging him, making sure that he's strong. I think to myself that that's the way that I want to be with my kids. I want them to know that they can accomplish anything they put their mind to, that there's nothing that stops them. Like I said, I, you know, being a dad is one of the hardest jobs, but it's one of the most rewarding jobs. And I truly hope that my kids, that I have imparted that to my children, that they know that they can accomplish whatever they put their minds to. I want to think to myself that, I, that I've done that with other people, that, I've, that I speak words of encouragement, that I've tried to emulate Christ in my life. Um, before I leave, I, 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 I would be amiss if I did not mention what happened in Charleston and that we need to continue to keep the, those people in our thoughts and our prayers. Um, the power of hate is so pervasive in our world today. It is so out there in so many ways and so many so many ways people think and they, they react that we as Christians have the power of love and the power of love always wins out over the power of hate but we've got to be going out there and showing people that power and instilling people with the power of Jesus Christ let us pray Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you have put into our lives that have built us up, that have encouraged us, that have loved us, that have told us that we were good enough to do whatever we put our minds to. Lord, I thank you for fathers. I thank you for the fathers that, that, that Come along their children and build them up and love them. Lord, it is such a hard job. And such a job that so many dads seem to turn away from. But there's some real fathers in this congregation right now. There's some real fathers that are sitting here, Lord, and I ask that you bless them and that you build them up and that you encourage them. Lord, help us to go out into this community as, as examples of you build people up. Help us to, to face the power of hate in this world and to overcome it with the power of love, to overcome it with your power, the Holy Spirit power, Father. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. I thank you for these people in this congregation, Father. And I just ask, Lord, that we always try to be the Doc Brown in other people's lives. All of this I ask in the mighty power of the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.